Hi, my name is Mike Caponeri, and this is the FEMA Podcast. September was National Preparedness Month, and throughout the month, we really asked the whole community to prepare for disasters. And as part of the preparation, FEMA created the Youth Preparedness Council back in 2012 to bring together young leaders who are interested in supporting disaster preparedness and making a difference in their communities by completing disaster preparedness projects nationally and locally. The Youth Preparedness Council, or YPC, supports FEMA's commitment to involve America's youth in preparedness-related activities. It also provides an avenue to engage young people by taking into account their perspectives, feedback, and opinions. YPC members meet with FEMA staff throughout their term to provide input on strategies, initiatives, and projects. Today, we are pleased to be talking with individuals who are helping youth become part of this initiative throughout the MyPi program. Please welcome Dr. Ryan Akers, MyPi National Project Coordinator and one of the original founders of the program, Ashley Mueller, Program Director for the Nebraska MyPi program, and Sony Cochran, an instructor for the program in Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. All right, great. Well, thanks for uh, being here today. And as a, a quick aside, you know, just having three young children myself, uh, nine, six, and three years old, I always think it's great to hear about ways in which we are trying to get those that are younger and maybe it's not something that they're naturally thinking about as they're busy, you know, worrying about getting homework done, where they have to be for soccer practice, et cetera, hopefully thinking about this and, you know, incorporating it into uh, discussions that they have with their family. So, Dr. Akers, just wanted to start with you. Um, as one of the original people to start this program, can you tell us what MyPi stands for and uh, how and why it got started? Yeah, absolutely. Be glad to. Um, so, one of the first things that we talk about when we created, and it's actually my PI stands for My Preparedness Initiative, and, and don't worry, we, we get that quite often. In fact, we probably get more My Pi than an understanding of what My PI is, and initially that we, we got a kick out of that, but um, what we have found is it's a great conversation piece and a great conversation starter, and it gives us the opportunity to further define what our program is. So the program does stand for My Preparedness Initiative. And we got lucky in Mississippi. Uh, if you look at that acronym, obviously we were creating a youth preparedness initiative. If you look at the acronym Mississippi Youth Preparedness Initiative, also stood for MyPI. That's how the, the program actually started. But the, the underlying outcome of what we were trying to do when we initially envisioned this program, uh, and by we, I mean the Mississippi State University Extension Service and the Mississippi Office of Homeland Security their Citizen Corps program, was that we wanted our teens in Mississippi to start taking ownership of their preparedness activities and initiatives rather than waiting on someone to take care of them. We wanted them to understand what their roles were and their responsibilities in community preparedness. And that's, uh, you know, in, in a nutshell, that's what we were trying to accomplish. Now, I can take you back to probably... Early 2011, obviously, we're, we're coming off the hills in Mississippi of some severe weather events. Right. We had just seen, and, and actually, we're still in the hills of Katrina, you know, and our state's still trying to recover from that at that point. 
And we were just annually, on an annual basis, we were seeing severe weather events that were destroying some of our small rural communities across Mississippi, those that don't have a lot of awareness and a lot of resources to prepare, uh, to respond, and recover. And as a faculty member, particularly as an extension faculty member with a role in educating those communities, I just looked at it and I said, no, enough is enough. What can we do? as an educational unit to better prepare our communities. One of my missions as a faculty member with Mississippi State University Extension Service, I'm actually, I have an academic assignment with the School of Human Sciences. So that entity is worried about development across the lifespan, human development across the lifespan. That's what their focus is. So I took my focus area of community preparedness and disaster management and applied that across the lifespan. So I started working with specific populations, particularly teenagers. So as I'm going out on the road and I'm traveling all across the state to promote this, I'm still seeing the after effects of storm damage, uh, neighborhoods, communities completely wiped out in these small rural towns. And I also saw no engagement uh, when I talked with teenagers no engagement in community preparedness, uh, no real passion uh, to be involved, and no awareness in how they can be involved. And essentially, I think it kind of goes back to what a lot of our youth are told in response scenarios, which is stay out of the way and let the professionals handle the work. Well, we're not training our teams to get in harm's way. Uh, we're not training our teams to, to get in the way of first responders. Uh, but we are training them and, and teaching them that they do have a role in preparedness. And in their rural communities, they may be called upon uh, to render aid and to possibly save lives. So the partnership actually developed in 2011. I started concept building with a great friend and a great colleague by the name of Dave Nichols, who's actually here with me in Alabama this week helping lead this training but the partnership developed because of mutual interest in not only community preparedness, but a passion in working with teams. And we decided that we wanted to create a truly innovative and engaging way to bring youth back to the table in terms of community preparedness. And what was born was our three-component MyPI model, um, which is a, it's a hybrid youth preparedness, youth leadership model that takes into account and I know that that's going to be talked about a little bit later on, so I don't want to intrude on anyone else's explanation for the project. Uh, but that's, generally, that's how my PI got started. Now, we have obviously grown, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about our expansion efforts later in the podcast. Thanks, Dr. Akers, to, for going through the history there. And uh, that worked out well with Mississippi and the MyPI, and I'll be the first one to admit guilty with the, the MyPi there. It's too, too, too easy to say. So, um, But no, thanks for, for going through some of the history there. Now turning to Ashley, so from Mississippi to Nebraska, and you know, as Dr. Akers was going through 2011, I remember the spate of disaster activity that we saw, the tornado outbreak throughout the southeastern portion of the U.S., Mississippi, Alabama, and uh, then right around the corner, not too far from Nebraska, we had the Joplin tornado in May of 2011. So maybe talk to us a little bit about how Nebraska got involved in the program. So Nebraska is no stranger to extreme weather like Mississippi and like Missouri. And so 
um, our extension service really had evaluated after some of those extreme weather events determined there was a need to, on the extension side, the public university outreach, what we could really do to increase our efforts to help Nebraskans, you know, prepare for, respond to, and recover from disasters. And so there was the Northeast Nebraska tornado outbreak in 2014. Most folks notably recognize that as those Pilger twin tornadoes. And so my position um, was hired shortly after that time. And, And my role has been to coordinate our internal operations within Nebraska Extension. We've statewide, as well as determine some visions for doing programs and initiatives in agriculture, community development, and youth development. And so I'd gotten a good handle on, on our ag, our agriculture side with some projects we had going, as well as community development, focusing a lot on managing volunteers that, that you know, show up to these communities after disasters. But I had been really looking for, and I knew that we needed to strategically align our our youth preparedness uh, work between projects for 4-H that we have through the Nebraska State 4-H program. Um, you know, we, we had some really good offerings, but I uh, was really looking to strengthen that. And so I had an opportunity to attend a uh, Extension Disaster Education Network annual meeting. So it's from folks kind of like me and Dr. Akers all, all across the country that have Extension appointments that are interested in disaster education. And he and his team were there just sharing about the work that they had done in Mississippi and were talking about the potential expansion. And we're looking for some grant funds to, to really make that, that vision a reality. And of course, you know, I said, sign me up, sign Nebraska up. I hadn't had much conversation here about making that happen, but I knew a good thing when I saw it. And so, so kind of the rest is history in terms of that is, is that, you know, we had some time there that things were happening, you know, behind the scenes and, once he came back and said, you know, this is a go, I was able to really get the support from our State 4-H director as well as our State Citizen Corps program for a partnership there and then, of course, have and host the Mississippi team for us in March of 2017. So we've been implementing for the past year and a half and have learned a lot along the way and are really excited about the impacts and potential impacts that we're seeing. Sounds like you had buy-in from your partners in Nebraska very quickly. We did. You know, luckily, that was one of actually my first contacts when I started uh, as Nebraska Extension's Disaster Education Coordinator was Nebraska Citizen Corps. And Ryan Lowry there and I had worked really closely together on some other projects. And I knew that this was going to be something he was very interested in as well. And so I I really appreciate that partnership because I think that has allowed us to leverage, you know, the the capacity of both uh, organizations and really furthering what we want to do as far as reaching teens and, and as, as Dr. Aker said, right, you know, giving these, these folks a chance to really step up in their communities and, and be that help that they are needed. That's uh, great to hear. And, you know, at this point, we've talked a little bit about the kind of the architecture of the program. So turning to Sony now, was wondering as an instructor, maybe getting down into a little bit more of the specifics, but what does the curriculum of the program look like? As Dr. Akers mentioned, there are three components to the MyPI curriculum, and it's a pretty exciting program overall. As an instructor, I really enjoyed working with youth going through all of these components. Uh, The first component is the Community Emergency Response Team, or the CERT curriculum, and and going through that curriculum, uh, the teams learned about incident command systems, disaster preparedness. Uh, We did some work in medical operations, light search and rescue, and disaster psychology. That's just a few of them that are in that curriculum, and that is the first part. 
uh, there is a component B, and this is an add-on catalog, and this is where the teens get their CPR AED training and certification. And then they also learn how technology is utilized in emergency preparedness and response, and that's everything from ham radios to the use of social media, and uh, there's quite a bit in that component B that's really interesting for the teens. Yeah, I was going to say, I think in that component, I see them particularly excelling just uh, where we are right now as a country when it comes to all things digital and in use. Absolutely. And they were, and they learn about if there's a disaster, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so yeah. these are things they can share with others. The disaster simulation and the career track are also included in this. And the career track focused on public safety and emergency management careers. And we pulled in our local first responders and emergency managers to sit on a panel and visit with the teens and share their stories and have some futuristic look on some careers that those teens could maybe think about um, going through this program. Uh, The third component is PrEP plus six. When we said PrEP plus six to the teens and their parents, they're like, what is that? This is really cool. It's the Family and Community Service Project. And having a service project as part of this program has been really a neat thing to watch. Um, the MyPI teens, what they do is they help their family, their own family, plus six additional families or households develop okay. emergency supply kits and communication plans. So there's some great service project work within MyPI. I was going to say with that plus six, you kind of have like the built-in force multiplier aspect that's that, that's kind of right there. Absolutely. And we go through that when we're working on the curriculum. We talk about preparing kids. We talk about communications. And then those teens can apply that to their own family, and then it helps the rest of the community. It's very neat. All right, Dr. Akers, turn it back to you. I understand that the program, and it's certainly understandable just based upon the conversation we've had already, um, has received some recognition, and just uh, hoping that you could tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, outside of the initial funding that we received from the Mississippi Office of Homeland Security, I think our biggest break as a program came in 2014 uh, when MyPI Mississippi won SEMA ICPD Outstanding Achievement in Youth Preparedness Award. Now, obviously, that was if you if you look at the timeline, we won that award after one full year of delivery. In, 20, in early 2013, MyPI Mississippi and MyPI in general was a three-county program in Mississippi that really took off. And, you know, we had the funding from Homeland in Mississippi, uh, but when we won that award in 2014, that opened so many doors for us and uh, exposed our program in so many positive ways that, you know, I really, when I look back and say, well, what was the major break for our program? It was probably that, you know, would we be, would we be where we are today impacting all of these lives through all of these different wonderful instructors and program managers across the country? Uh, you know, I don't know if, if we had not won that award. So if you look at the timeline, yes, we won the, the FEMA award in 2014 from Mississippi. Uh, then in 2015, we were one of the first entities to be named an official affirmer of the National Strategy for Youth Preparedness Education. Uh, MyPI, you know, as such, is an engaged and recognized component of a nationally supported, progressive approach to preparing emer- for youth for emergencies and disasters, as we discussed already. Uh, MyPI National is also an affirmer of the national strategy, but in addition to that, 
that was 2015. Uh, in 2016, we actually applied for and received our first round of federal funding for the creation of MyPI National, uh, which would bring in an additional seven states. Now, we were looking for a nice uh, representation of geographic diversity across the country. So we wanted someone from the southeast, someone from the Midwest. We wanted someone from the northeast and the Pacific Northwest. Sure. And, and Hawaii as well. We were looking at them at the time. Uh, so we got that federal funding from the National Institute for Food and Agriculture, and we're able to expand our MyPI national umbrella to eight at that point. Uh, in 2017, MyPI National won the same FEMA award that Mississippi won in 2014. So we were named the Outstanding Achievement in Youth Preparedness Award winner that year. In addition to that, we received our federal funding through NIFA for the MyPI National Phase II expansion, which brought us to 18 states and for the first time a U.S. territory. And then in 2018, in addition to receiving federal funding for the MyPI National Phase III expansion, that brings us to 27 states, two U.S. territories, we won the National CERT Award for preparing the whole community. So within the span of five years, we went from a three-county program in Mississippi to three national awards in four years and fully funded in 27 states and two U.S. territories. Just a little bit of positive momentum there, huh? Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel I, I find interesting about what you were just going through. It's not like it was recognition for the sake of recognition. You can really tie demonstrable progress and achievements, you know, to some of those recognitions and into some of those awards. So really made the most of that. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know that none of well, I'd say that some of it definitely is the is you know the responsibility of the MyPI national team. But we include in our MyPI national team membership great program managers like Ashley in Nebraska and great program instructors like Sonny in Nebraska as well. If it wasn't for them, we 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 could not do what we do. So we thank them very much. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sonny, what if somebody wanted to be an instructor and they wanted to help and, you know, participate and, and teach some of the youth. How would they go about uh, doing that? You know, I, I we were really blessed to have uh, Dr. Akers and Ashley at our instructor training here in Nebraska. There is a website for MyPI National, and then as far as, you know, we have one in the state of Nebraska, and people can go to those resources. And, you know, I really encourage anyone who has an interest in emergency preparedness and mentoring teams to really consider becoming a MyPI instructor. I mean, we really feel like we're a valued member of this team and we have so much support and access to resources. At our training, uh, the instructors like Dr. Akers and participation in instructors like Ashley taught us. We went through the CERT curriculum, and we did a lot of great hands-on experiences. So it's not just sitting in the classroom. It's learning the stories. It's learning the experiences. It's learning how to relate this to teams. Um, we also review the logistics of offering the program and, and, you know, working on how to do those lesson plans and reporting. So, you know, for those people who have an interest in emergency preparedness and uh, want to see teams involved and, you know, support our communities, I would, you know, see if you can contact the, the National MyPI website and those folks and see where you can get involved. Yeah, and just working in emergency management, you can imagine a lot of colleagues would 
be interested in participating in the program. So appreciate you going through that. So I had a question now for all of you, and just wondering if you had to, you know, select a, a best memory of the experience with the program, you know, going back 2011, 2014, over the years, and understand it's grown, uh, obviously, since inception, but if there's any special stories or favorite favorite memories that you might have had, and uh, Sony, why don't we go ahead and start with you if you happen to have something. I think what's really neat, and, you know, Ashley knows this because I shared all the stories with her, is that after we had each of our training sessions, we reported on what was learning, and there was always learning going on in special moments in the classroom. But for us, our cohort, we chose to do a full disaster simulation as the final activity uh, for my PI in our county. And this is something that never, the teams had never gone through, so it was a great experience. And what we did is we simulated an explosion at a nearby manufacturing plant. And actually, the five firefighter in our career track had talked about the risks with this particular plant. So it was a great way to pour in a real-world possibility yeah. with these teams. So what we did is we set it up, and the teams were called in, simulated, and they set up their own incident command structure. I was so proud of them. Then put together medical operations and light search and rescue teams. And then the instructors and the volunteers we had from a local fire department provided oversight and guidance and evaluated the teams during the simulation. And what was really cool is we pulled in the family members to be the role players. And what this did, it gave the families an opportunity to experience what their teens had been learning. Great idea. And, uh, yeah, oh yeah, it was great because we had, we had, um, you know, moms who were being yeah. blanket carried by their sons and asking <laughs> questions and it, it was really a, it was a great experience because this gave our families firsthand to see the benefits of the program, especially after they had gone through all the components and the prep plus six with their teens. Um, after the simulation, we did a debriefing that included everybody, even the volunteers and family members, and then we had a cake and graduation. It was a terrific experience, and, uh, you know, I can't wait for us to do it again. That is awesome, just hearing you go through that uh, and envisioning kind of in, in our neighborhood um, where I live and, you know, some of the, the kids on our street. That is really, really cool. So, so Dr. Akers, what about you? Yeah, I would say that, you know, outside of opportunities that I have to speak to the students in the program, our teams that we're working with, you know, I, I really have to kind of focus in on the instructors themselves and the deep relationships um, from a mentoring perspective that they develop with these teams. I mean, they're truly making an impact over an extended period of time with these students. You know, and, and to kind of go along with that, just everywhere that we've been, all the different states where we've installed programs, and even as we've prepared to come into new states, there's so much genuine appreciation from folks like Ashley and Sonny and all of our other instructors and community advocates. You know, just last week in, in Colorado, we had five different members of local emergency management agencies coming out to express their support for the work that we're doing because we make their job just a little bit easier when we're preparing their citizenry. So, so seeing that, seeing our program managers via media uh, talking about MyPI and their state, 
I just really think that underscores exactly what Dave and I envisioned when we developed this program. You know, having having an opportunity prior to Florence making landfall, uh, speaking with uh, Dr. Sarah Kirby, the program manager in North Carolina, just checking in on her and uh, letting her know that, you know, the entire MyPI family's there offering support and thinking about her and her citizens. And just seeing the genuine appreciation of being able to offer MyPI in their communities to let them know that they are just a little bit more prepared than they would have been had they not had MyPI. And I can I can tell you, Mike, we've just got and um, and this goes for the relationships that are well documented with the Nebraska instructors that they're making with their teams there. It's a it's really impactful, and uh, I think it makes a ton of difference in the lives of these teens. Definitely encouraging to hear. Thanks thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Ashley, how about you? Yeah, so, you know, in my role as, as state coordinator, I, I don't get to be on the front lines of the programming uh, because I get to support our wonderful instructors, and so I, I take that responsibility very seriously. But I love when they share with me about updates that is happening in their um, offerings, you know, when they send pictures my way or or share with me some of these stories that these students are, are telling them, you know, this is something that I did at home or, you know, my mom had a lot of questions about this because that's a continual reminder, you know, of, of why we do what we do. And, and it can get hard sometimes when you are, are on the back end, but, you know, when I get to see those and hear those direct stories and, and get to then share those with other people like today for today's conversation and other stakeholders in Nebraska, that gets me really, really excited because, you know, there's some great things happening. And when I can brag upon our instructors and the cool things that they get to do, I just, I just appreciate that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sonny mentioned it earlier, but if someone was interested in one of the programs, how would they apply that, uh, that website? Yes, so we um, certainly appreciate our our volunteer instructors. They are, in fact, that volunteer. So they give a lot of time for this effort, and we so appreciate it. So if anyone is interested, uh, I would encourage them to to visit the MyPI website. So that is mypinational.extension.msstate.edu. And from there, you'll be directed uh, to either of the states. And, of course, you know, as Dr. Akers mentioned, there is certainly this expansion effort going on as well. And so we hope that no matter where folks live, that they have an opportunity to get plugged into their state MyPI program. Thanks for sharing that, Ashley. And we'll make sure to also provide the website and include that in our on our Facebook page when we post this episode of the podcast. So thank you for going through that. And finally, Dr. Akers, if a state is interested in becoming part of my PI, how would they do that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, another way to, to find out whether or not I, uh, my PI is being offered in a particular state is to contact us. Uh, my contact information is on the my PI national uh, webpage, so feel free to contact me through that. And I guess the converse to that is if you're interested in bringing my PI to a state that's not currently being offered or not offering my PI, we do want to hear from you. Let us work for you in establishing that, and that means finding funding. We have a phase four expansion proposal that's under review right now that would add 13 states and another U.S. territory being Puerto Rico. So chances are that either being offered or soon to be offered, hopefully. So just contact me. Uh, we can walk through the steps and what the expectations are. And then I can also let potential program managers know who around them could be a good resource in terms of 
operating my PIs. When, when we expand our programs, we expand in what we call a pod, with a pod expansion strategy. So as Ashley and Sonny were part of phase one in Nebraska, as we continued to build our program, we tried to uh, expand around them. So bringing in partnering states so that Ashley can work with other program managers in other states as they continue to build their own. And, you know, the idea there is to have a loose association of my PI program managers as we continue to build this model. Is there anything else that anyone wanted to mention before we wrap our discussion here? For me, it's been very thorough, so thanks, Mike. Yeah, well, I just wanted to, to thank uh, to thank each of you, Dr. Akers, Sonny, and Ashley. Thank you each for bringing us this information about an important program. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Thank you. We've linked this episode on our Facebook page, and we invite you to join the conversation in the comments. Thanks for listening.